This episode of the Devin Kershaw Show is brought to you by the Mount Bachelor Nordic Center. The facts are this, Mount Bachelor, as the bird flies or the car drives, is not too far from the ocean. Lots of moisture flows over the flanks of the over 9,000 foot volcano in central Oregon, which means deep, deep snow in winter. And that's the case right now where the Mount Bachelor Nordic Center is loaded up with snow. It is midwinter in the home mountains. To learn more about the Mount Bachelor Nordic Center and their COVID-19 policies, go to mountbachelor.com. This is Jason Albert, and you are listening to The Devin Kershaw Show from Faster Skier. Mass start classic day for the men and women during stage two of the 2021 Tour de Ski. You probably know the results, so the suspense isn't killing you, but the day's racing was solid across the board. A new winner in Lynn's Fawn for the women's distance racing scene. This was her first career distance win on the World Cup and another podium for Diggins. And to add some spice to the ending of the men's race, there was a big shuffle up for what would have been or what seemed to be a all-Russian podium. That's your quick intro as we move into our many tortoise episodes on the podcast. On to the show. All right, just to keep it spicy, one thing you learned about your kids in the last 24 hours. One thing I learned about my kids, well, I didn't really learn it about my kids, but like it wasn't, a, I didn't learn it today, but I've got a funny story about it. Yeah. Um, to make a long okay. story short, uh, you know what? Those that know me know I can't do short stories. So here, so I'll I'll it's I'll good. set it up. Yeah, I have this uh, I have this car. So we have two cars right now because I'm going in and out of Oslo quite a bit for school, especially in a pandemic. Usually I take the train, but it's coronavirus, so <laughs> I'm driving. And so I, we have two cars, and right now the car I have, uh, my car, quote unquote, is a um, uh, in Norwegian. It's called like a Kassebil, but it's like a Think of like an electrician's car. It's like a two-seater. It's like a t- really tiny Sprinter, like a really Euro. Is it? Is it a Ford or like no, a Ford? No, no, no. It, it, yeah, yeah. Because the they make those them. really cool, like small Ford Transits now. Yeah, kind of. It's kind of like that. Yeah, it's kind of like that. But it's a, it's a Mercedes, and I've told you it's nuking snow. Uh, it's nuked snow, and it's been around zero or minus one all the time. I have had to get pulled out, and I'm, I haven't even sh- I haven't driven into the ditch. I've just been straight up stuck where I am three times in the last week with this stupid car. I want to drop an f bomb so bad. So I'm at the cabin. We were at the cabin uh, over New Year's. And up stuff in Shushan. In Shushan, yeah. Dude, and, ugh, that's and it was dreamy. beautiful. Yeah, I know I it was it was dreamy, and and my kids just love it there, and my wife like Kristen just thinks Shushan is like the cat's pajamas. She's way into it. It is um, kind of, but anyhow, yeah. you know it, it, it's beautiful, especially right now. Right now it's all time with all the snow. So we have a driveway down to our to our little cabin. I mean, it is shallow. It is not a steep driveway, but it's been it's been snowing a lot, and I, I just haven't driven this this little like electrician's car, this two seater. Um, for you know for five days and it's been nuking of course so i dug i dug i'm like oh this should be no problem tried to back it out of course like no chance in hell and i get so pissed so of course like just goes right down to the ice i'm like oh, this is the third time so i asked Kristen. of course it's like getting close to bedtime i'm like can you come out and just like can you drive it and i'll try and push it's like ridiculous it's not gonna work but this is all i got right 
So it's like, yeah, okay. So the strategy is we put Aurora, who's 11 months in, in her car seat. And this is, this is what I'm coming to. This is what I've learned. Aurora hates her car seat. She hates driving. She hates sitting in the car seat. And now we put Aurora in her car seats because she's just she's strapped in because she's just like ripping around, picking up everything, chucking yeah. everything in her mouth. Oh my like, gosh, dude. Yeah. So, 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 so we're like, we put her in her car seat while we try and get this like, while we try and get this car out. She is just screaming. My daughter asked Isabel's just inside, like right inside and she's watching some like cartoons or whatever. And the cartoon becomes like, my daughter's like freaked out of everything, anything scary. Like she can, you know, like she'll hide behind. She can't watch Frozen. That that's all you need to know. She, she the troll. I, I haven't watched Frozen, but I I I too I hate scary. Okay, so yeah, yeah. So like the, when the trolls come in in Frozen, like that's it. We watched like whatever eight minutes of Frozen. That, that Fair that's enough. the end. So something kind of scary on what's not scary on like this cartoon she's watching comes on. She starts crying. Aurora is screaming. We're trying to get this stupid car unstuck. And so, yeah, that's what we learned. We learned that um, Aurora really, really hates to be in a car seat. And we knew that already. But then but then, when you're in a pinch and you're like, this is the only way we can do this, she really hated it. So to make – and the, all those that are curious about how we got it out, uh, I had to call some friends that were up in Shushin. They came with a piece of webbing. It was it snapped instantly. So we used like our actual family. Yeah, webbing's useless. Yeah, so we – yeah, I know. We're idiots. But we tried. Um then, then, then we, then we like called some farmers and got a, like an actual, like big, thick, it, it's webbing, but it's like industrial webbing. <laughs> right. Right. And we have a Volvo. Um, so we just like, then we just towed her out. No problem. Like, cause it was not, it wasn't, it wasn't stuck. Right. Like it's just like so icy. It's just nothing to do. Yeah. Those things are hor- All right. So I have a couple of things because I'm not that I'm chuckling, but it's like the car seat is one of these socially acceptable ways of restraining a screaming child, right? Well, you'd think that, but this just wasn't working. You think that, right? It's like, oh, we put the kid in the car seat. And oftentimes, I'm just saying, like, this is a conundrum, Devin, because it's like, oh, my kid's freaking out. We're going to go put them in the car seat and drive around, and they'll fall asleep. Yeah, I know. What's up like, with that's that? A, I know. It's so weird. I'm just saying that's a go-to. Yeah, well, for sure it's a go-to. You're going to have to figure this one out. How's she do in, like, the sled? Oh, she, she loves it. Her. She loves the Polk because, man, first of all, she's like mm. half, well, she's pretty much Norwegian, let's be honest. And like the okay. Polk, man, you got like, you got like the big, thick sleeping bag. You're skiing at like an even pace. Yeah. Hmm. It, it's just like, you're so tucked in there. Like it's, I want to, I want to like an adult size Polk and Kristen can tow me around. I can just nap back there because it, it looks cozy. Yeah, I hear it. Okay. So I'm going to think so about she, this. So she yeah, loves yeah. it. So she loves it. Yeah. So anyways, what we learned is that, so we learned that, um, Aurora hates to be in the car seat. She was in the car seat for like 45 seconds and it was like no chance in hell. It was like no way. And then the other thing we learned is on Monday, even though I need a car to get back and forth from Oslo for commuting and stuff with this stupid plan I'm doing with education, that this, this, uh, this little electrician car is going right back to the dealership. Oh, it is. And, let me, let me, oh, yeah. before you do no, that, no, I'm getting a four wheel drive. No, no, we're going to get a four wheel drive one. Oh yeah, no, it's done. It's a front wheel drive one. We're gonna get a four wheel drive one with spike, uh, with uh, like uh, studded tires, and that's the end. Uh, okay, I-, I thought the racing was exciting today. We had a 10k Mass Start Classic and a 15k Mass Start Classic stage shoe for the Tour de Ski. Thoughts, Devin? Yeah, I mean, I thought I thought it was also exciting. I mean, I was a little surprised. Let's start with the women. I was surprised that it, yeah. I was surprised that it stayed together. Um, as much as it did, because women's racing hasn't traditionally stayed together. 
And here's what here. I mean, let's just jump right into it. Like Lynn Svon, I mean, we've been singing her praises all season. And, and in Ruka, remember what we were saying in Ruka? Like when she was involved in that crash, like she was going to be on the she was going to be on the podium in Ruka if she didn't crash. And in in a punishing 10K skate pursuit there. And the way she was skiing today, man, she was so relaxed and skiing so beautifully and smart and just tucking right in there. And then, you know, when you got to the top of the course and they're drilling it, I mean, Diggins did such a great last lap, uh, setting the pace like that and skiing absolutely stunningly well. But the fact of the matter is with Lynn Swan right there, it's over. I mean, this is done. And she did it. Because I mean, it's she, a sprint. Yeah, because it's just going to be a sprint. You're just tucking. And she's a good descender as well. You know, I, I was tell, we were talking yesterday about how great a descender Diggins is. But but Spawn is really solid on her feet as well. And she had no trouble through those corners. And and she led in the downhill again. Like, she, it's crazy. She's so young because she skis like such an experienced racer. It's her first, I mean, geez, it's her first, uh, obviously, it's her first podium in a distance race in the World Cup. And, and, a, vic- and a victory. It was amazing. So... Um, big ups to, to Lynn Spawn for taking back-to-back victories. Uh, Yulia Stupak, uh, which Jess Cockney likes to call Stupak Shakur. That's her nickname now. <laughs> used to be, nice. Yeah, it used to be Belarukova, but uh, Stupak Shakur in, uh, in second. Uh, she's a good class. Were you ever on the tour? Were you on the tour skier. when she was on the tour? Yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah, she's been good. She I mean, speaks pretty good English. Yeah, she does speak pretty good English for for a for Russian absolutely and she's a good classic skier she's a good classic skier coming back off having a baby and she's been strong this whole season but she put together a great race and had a good sprint at the finish uh just to pip Diggins and Diggins on the podium again back-to-back podiums and this one's special this one's special for Diggins because it's in a 10k classic and you know what a distance race in classic if you go through the stat line of Jesse Diggins and you see how many times she's been up there in, in distance classic races, it's not even close to the same as skating. And you know what? Regardless of the podium or not, doesn't matter how she would have finished. The way she skied today in classic was really was really something to see. And I was it was really cool to see that because I've seen Diggins struggle hard in in classic skiing, especially with her technique, especially if they're in a technique and especially in, in a mass start for, in a mass start format. So today she she put together just a a real stunner. Rosie Brennan again in six. Like, this is exciting. And you know what? After seeing Carlson, like, Frida, she tried to drill it. I mean, she tried to ski away. She couldn't do it. And, I mean, it's... Yeah, we a, need to talk about yeah, that a little bit. Yeah, I know, for sure. Let's get, the, yeah. let's get the Rosie. Yeah, I know, but Rosie in sixth again. Like, Rosie's just having the best season of her career at 32. And, I, again, I keep saying this, but for those athletes that are toiling away and, and you know, they're 24, 25, or, you know, and, and hearing hearing people chirping, like... Oh, you're too old. You're not going to make it. I mean, Rosie should be. People should just be putting pictures of Rosie in in their wax rooms and stuff, and just being like, every time you're scraping your skis, going like, if you believe and you want it, you can do it. I mean, Rosie's all over the top ten. I mean, she's all over the top six all season, and put together another really solid race today to be to be in sixth. So it was um, it was an exciting race, absolutely for the women, and and we'll get right into it with Frida. I mean. Uh, I expected. Yeah, well, I expected yeah, her to ski away. I expected her to ski away, honestly. Um, and I expected her to ski away with Eva Anderson, who came completely undone when Diggins took control of that last lap. And Eva Anderson just hit the wall completely, losing a ton of time. I mean, I can't believe that Eva Anderson finishes 12, 20 seconds down on a 10k classic at altitude. That was a shock to me. That was a horrible day for Eva. Well, these. Guys, I mean, think sure and think about. I mean, it's first, it's the first mass start of the year. It's 
their first um, race since Ruka. So essentially, they've taken a month away from this type of competition. Although I'm sure they've had like internal competitions, they've raced, you know, in Sweden. Um, but but that said, um, you know, I'm kind of curious, like, to kind of hammer down on Frida Carlson's performance a bit. A, a couple of things. Do you think that the fresh falling snow had anything to do with maybe just her not developing enough ski speed? Uh, to get away. Oh, I mean, I, but Frida, I mean, it's a looping class or skiing course and they're skiing. No, no, I mean, I mean, Frida is a, a great skier. I mean, she won Holmacolm last year, of course. And, um, and she is the next great distance skier. If she can keep this up, uh, that said, you know, a two and a half K course in Val Mustaire is just really hard to get away. And if you look back through the results, through the history of Val Mustaire and the classic races, I mean, it hasn't really exploded like a lot of other courses. And that's because on a two and a half K loop where you just essentially go up valley and turn and come down, you just don't have that many opportunities to actually ski people away. You have 1.25 kilometers. That's what you have. Then you're going to turn and burn and come on home. And, and she tried, she was getting some distance, but it's just not enough. And especially with such a long descent down valley back into the stadium. So as great as the sprint course is and as exciting and as, as kind of, um, like, like a true test, the, the distance course in the valley that they have and the, the course that they set up, it's just, just not really going to highlight a capacity skier. It's really hard to get away. But at that said, it, 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 it shows other strengths like Lynn Svon skied super smart and skied beautifully technically and, and was the best sprinter. And she did what she needed to do to win and finishes with a distance podium, uh, not podium, a distance win. But, but Frida, you know, I think if Ebba would have been in a little bit better shape, uh, they could have perhaps skied away if there was two of them, but but Frida just wasn't strong enough to ski totally alone and away from everybody. And in the end, we should also not not think. I mean, talk too down on Frida Carlson. I mean, she still was fourth today. She's one point four seconds down. She had a podium yesterday. I mean, it, it wasn't by by no means was it like a disaster performance. But um, that said, I mean classic 10k at altitude i expected i expected for you to, to get distance and win alone so that was a bit of a surprise and i thought and one more thing on the women before we move on i mean henning in fifth i thought that's good for the germans she's she's born in 1996 so she's young the germans have the world championships coming up here in oberstdorf later this season and i mean the german program has been on the struggle bus it's actually kind of insane because if you go through the years and see how good they are at world juniors and under 23 races, and then they come up to the world cup and I don't, I have no idea what happens, but they only had two women in the top 30 with the best nation in the world in distance, not there with Norway. I mean, that, that is not good. And, but the good thing is they had Henning in, um, in fifth and that bodes well for the world championships you know she had some great races last year she was on the world cup podium last year in a classic race as well so it was nice to see her it was nice to see her back at a, at a very high level i thought that was cool what about i'm just curious because uh when i spoke to matt wickham he brought this up and i agreed with him neprieva back in 16th 31 seconds off yeah she cracked as well she cracked as well and um you know, she's a better skier than that. But again, altitude, what, what I've been talking about, like altitude of Almustair, it is tricky. And if you just have a bit of an off day and you're just not acclimatized to race at that 
or just have just a tough day, go a little too hard, you know, early in the race, you just don't recover. It's not a race, like it's not racing in Scandinavia or in Russia where your altitude you're not contending with. So I think she probably just burnt it a little too hot too early in the race and, and went into the red there and then just wasn't able to, to, to recover enough to bring it back. And that's what happens at altitude. I mean, that that's just the reality of altitude skiing. So we talked about that earlier <laughs> in an earlier uh, podcast. So no, it was, um, it, it was, it was a, it was an, ins- it was an interesting, uh, <laughs> interesting to see Net Breva so far back. But again, I'm not so worried for her in the overall. I mean, she should, she should be able to make some, make some ground. I mean, Net Breva has shown time and time again that she's, she's a force to be reckoned with, especially in the tour format in both classic and skate. So, uh, but she definitely had an off day today. Okay, so I'm just going to run through. Um the the calendar of races and just kind of put the women's racing in context a little long term here since we're two stages down so tomorrow is is a 10k skate pursuit and then there's a rest day on tuesday it's a 10k interval skate followed with a 10k classic pursuit followed by a 10k mass start classic my god i can't believe this is going on and on uh, I believe there's another rest day. I may have missed something in there. Oh yeah, I, I missed a rest day before the Master Classic. Anyhow, uh, then a Sprint Classic. Then it looks like the Hill Climb. So the Sprint Classic is right before the Hill Climb. So there's a lot of racing left, and there's a lot of distance racing left. Um, yeah, knowing that they, you know, one more day in Val Muster, then they go to Toblock and then Val di Fiemme. Just kind of thoughts about how things may or may not shape up. Yeah, for the women. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really, it's really, inter- it's it's really interesting because you know I made a real call. I'm like, oh, Frida Carlson's going to win the tour easily because of the final climb. Because I think I think people need a, a minute if honor going into the final climb if they want to beat her. And I still stand by that statement. But at the end of the, but at the same side of things, like, yeah, Diggins. <laughs> Diggins, Rosie, there's a lot of question marks. Ebba, can she get herself back in the game? Nepreva struggled on the final climb before, but you know, she's she's also finished very well in the Tour de Ski prior. I mean, there's a lot of names that that uh, that are flirting around there and Frida today, like I said, I, I expected her to ski. I expected her to ski ski away and she wasn't able to. Um so it was um but I still, I still peg Frida Carlson to win the overall. Um, but that said, I think the two American cards, and I'm not, and I'm, you know, I can't say, well, you know, yeah, of course I cheer on the Americans hugely, and you know, they're our neighbors, and I know them super, super well, and I'd love nothing more to see them than take home the trophy. Um, but Frida Carlson up that last climb, the last climb is just such a ridiculous competition. <laughs> so, and uh, it's just capacity wise, Frida Carlson might be tough to beat but that that said she's young and she's inexperienced so yeah i think i think um i still i still put frida as as the winner but i think you could have one or two americans on the podium you could and i I, it's not out of the question that an american can win this whole thing if they continue to ski at this level and we're getting ahead of ourselves here but this year will be the second time in 15 tours that the the normally that last climb is pursuit format i believe and last year they had it organized as a mass start do i have that right yeah that's that's absolutely correct so that that changes things that changes things in a yeah does that well. favor or or does that sort of disadvantage carlson slightly 
It doesn't matter. No, doesn't it doesn't matter. matter. Gotcha. You know what? You know what? It really doesn't matter when you're at this level. I mean, it's uh, no, it's yeah. Uh, speaking of not being disadvantaged, let's talk about the men's race and the Russian team up to like nine, like what would we say, like fourteen point eight seven kilometers. Things looked really great for the Russians. Um, so things sort of played out like we spoke about. Absolutely. I mean, they played out exactly as, as we spoke about. The Russians were all over the top of that race. And you know what? The Russians throughout history have had just amazingly horrendous tactics and, and just ridiculously stupid decisions. And I'm just going to jump right into it. Shervat- you are. Shervatkin, what the hell are you thinking, you idiot? And you Well, know, paint the picture. Paint the picture of what was going on there. You know, let's just go back. Let's back it up a bit. Sorry to leave the folks hanging at home. But Bolshinov, it, it's the same course. And Bolshinov, like I said, I thought Frida Carlson could ski away. She wasn't able to. No one was able to in the women's event. But on the men's event... Bolshinov, he doesn't care that the course is 1.25 kilometers of climbing and then tucking home. He was on a totally other planet and skied everyone off his tails and, and takes the win by 23 seconds. He looked amazing. He's, he's just on a he's in a complete league of his own and takes the victory, which was, of course, was expected. But I think the way he took the victory today, he's done this before. So it's not like something like, oh, my God, like, what the hell? Like, I mean, he has done this before. Um but uh, he looked extremely good today, as we would expect in a 15K Classic, and, and was able to ski in alone. Then there was that group, right, that, that, that chase group, which was, which was fairly sizable. But anyways, it was Dario, Yakamushkin, Belov, and Chervotkin. So you had four Russians in Dario behind Bolshinov. And they weren't going to, they weren't making up any ground. In fact, they were losing ground to Bolshinov. So the race was over, but the race for second was quite contested. And, you know, they were just skiing around as their group of uh, five. And then coming into the last corner where we saw Nadine uh, Fenrich fall with Lampich in the sprint. And it is bermed. It is a tough, it is a tough corner. And this is about, this is about 350 meters from the finish line, 400 meters from the finish line, can we say. Um, and it's this fairly steep downhill uh, right-hander and it, it does get icy and bermed. And Chervotkin was just a wild man and essentially was like all up in, Belov was in front of, of Chervotkin, right in front of him, right in front of him. It's a mass start. So they're coming around this corner with 400 meters to go. They're going to, you know, setting themselves up for the, for the big finish to see who takes the last two spots of the podium. And then Chervotkin, like, some sort of wild man <laughs> idiot right skis in directly yep. in to belov like taking him out belov's ski flies off and then belov's obviously upset but then shervatkin's super upset at belov in some weird way the, the the craziest thing was a little bit like lance armstrong move <laughs> back in the tour when Beloki broke his femur back in what was that 2000 oh my gosh you are dating oh, yeah yeah. In, yeah you remember what? that crash though you hot that, tar yeah. oh, i remember the hot tar oh, yeah. you, and they yeah, boy yeah, Beloki yeah. was, that was done that was after Beloki's that. career but, but go back and go, go back yeah. and youtube that but lance armstrong cuts the course and is like into the rhubarb and and like mountain bikes through like through <laughs> uh true. through um through a hairpin and then gets back in. And of course the rest is history. But Yakamushkin was so close to just biffing it hard in that as well. I can't believe he stayed on his feet and he skied way out of the course 
and stayed on his feet, comes back around and ends up ends up finishing third, which was incredibly impressive. And there was some talk like, should he be disqualified? And like, absolutely, absolutely, I, but absolutely yeah. not. Where's he supposed to go? There's nowhere for him to go. And he didn't gain any time. And it was a Lance Armstrong type move. So, but um, Trevodkin is just losing his head at the finish line, like some sort of, I don't know. Yeah, like I said, like he's just going ballistic. I do not understand what's wrong with you, Trevodkin. It was 150,000% your fault. And the jury agrees with me. And they, instead of relegating him, they took a, quite the stance and they disqualified him, which is, which is, which is, un, which is unreal. So, well, I I was making the assumption because I you know I read the rule, I noted that he was disqualified, but maybe perhaps there was a race official who spoke Russian and understood the words being exchanged. But also, again, I kind of watched. I was like, were there punches thrown? I mean, they looked or he no looked, no he was he was just incensed. Yeah. He was so. He was so upset, and I don't understand. Like when he sees the tape, he's gonna feel like such an idiot. I mean, he clearly, to me, tried to cut inside. Yeah, no, he he tried to. He, there was no room for him to do it, and and he skied like an absolute rookie, and he's not. Trevodkin's one of the best skiers in the field, and and takes out Belov like that. And I thought Belov showed a lot of class at the finish, as Trevodkin's just spitting insults right into Belov's face and Belov like goes up to him and puts his hand on his shoulder and goes like dude like get a hold of yourself kind of thing and I was uh, so I have a lot of respect for Belov and I mean it wrecked Belov's podium chances um you know and you know we've, we've talked about the Russian doping situation and all that and yeah Belov has been in, <laughs> implicated and was held out of the Olympics and there's a lot of question marks and you know anytime with all the Russian skiers that's just the reality of of life these days the Russian skiers have a lot of uh, there's been a lot of shade cast on the Russians with good reason, but in this in this specific specific situation when it's teammate versus teammate and they take themselves out like that and then have one guy just going like completely ape, I mean it doesn't make any sense to me. And um, so I, I, I felt bad for Belov. He finishes eighth, and I mean his podium's gone. But eighth is one thing, but he he loses his ski. He ends up finishing 47 seconds down. I mean. He, he loses, yeah, but he loses twenty five seconds on because of some, because of some idiotic move. Uh, felt really bad for him. I mean, but but the big winner of the day is Dario Colonia, and I mean, the guy is. Yeah, but before we get to Colonia, I have a question, just from a culture standpoint, and just sort of the vibe on the World Cup. You know, I again, like knowing, say, for example, how you know the U.S. operates or Canada, where you know you'd like to think that there's a lot, you know, there's diplomacy. People are trying to problem solve, and not to say the Russians don't do that. So, I'm curious, like, what that looks like this evening. And I, I forget her Velbe, name, dude, Elena Velbe. Oh my God. Oh yeah, she's the best female skier of all time. Till Mart Bjergen came came on. I'm gonna send you a picture right now of Velbe, and you should put it put it on the. Uh, you should put it on the, is she pissed? On the I saw a picture no, 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 of her no, like no. before the okay. No, she's not pissed, but this is just a classic of Elbe. I had to do a screen grab of this. Check out this check out Elbe's t shirt in this picture in the pre uh, Hold on. in the pre in the pre tour to ski uh, press presser. Oh I had to I had to do a screen grab of that. <laughs> That's the pr- Yeah. <laughs> she actually looks pretty good in that shot. She looked I saw a photo of her recently, she looked pretty angry. Oh Velbe's the worst. But, okay. but anyway. That's quite the t-shirt. Yeah. Putin number one. That, it says Putin number one Russia. Is that, it's sort of, I'm trying to think and I'm, I'm going to like date myself here, but is that Putin or who was the latest James Bond? No, no, that's Putin, buddy. 
It's just, I know it's Putin, but it could. It's sort of like of it could be the latest James yeah, Bond character. Yeah, they try. Yeah, totally. Dang. I wonder if Putin listens to the podcast. We have a we have a few yeah. Russian listeners. Just saying. Somebody does. Oh, somebody does from Russia. That's for sure. It's all going. Fancy Bears is going to hack the fastest oh, sh- here, and this whole yeah, thing's shutting down. Like, <laughs> okay. Yikes. I'll keep I, my mouth quiet. So, I, no, no, what but, do you but think culturally say, that's going to look yeah. like as a team? Oh, I mean, I mean, it was it, it was just. It's not going to be a good fallout if he does get DQ'd and thrown out of the Tour de Ski. Which, when I read the results and what I've seen, he's thrown out of the, the Tour de Ski. He's done. That's what I thought. I mean, it's yeah. his relegation. He'd be finished last on the day, and then his overall chances is over. But he gets to continue in the Tour de Ski. But I mean, he should have been disqualified for that move, and he should have been disqualified for his actions at the finish line, and he should have been disqualified for his actions out on the course when other athletes are coming down, like Mock Schnell around that corner. And he's just standing there going ballistic. Like, I mean, the guy should be thrown out of the tour. Um, for, for like, just the, one of the most idiotic things I've ever seen. He's disqualified. And, and, yeah, he's disqualified. It and says so disqualified. That that, that, yeah, exactly. So tour to ski is over. I mean. Um, Do you ever get flagged for that rule? ICR 343.9 obstruction? No. Never. Probably. Okay. <laughs> No, actually, I've got a good story about that, but that'll be for another podcast. I've, I've done I've done a ridiculous move, uh, like the stupidest move of my whole career. I took out Helner badly in a in a tour de ski stage in a sprint. Uh, I lost my balance and like it looks so bad. It looks like I just like totally tackled Marcus Helner in a sprint in Prague one year. Is he as tall and, in reality as he looks on? No, no, Marcus Helner's not tall. Gotcha. Um, yeah. um but. Uh, yeah, but I took him out completely, and it was my fault. And the, the Swedish coaches just went like completely ballistic, uh, like completely in good reason. I mean, I, I was acting like an idiot. So, um, but I wish I could find that and send it to you. So I have been, I have been relegated. It, and was he, was he receptive to your apologies? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Helen and I, Helen and I were good friends when we were on uh, when we were on the tour together, and I, I ruined his chances. Um, Oh yes! Oh my gosh! I did find it. This is awesome. It's so bad, dude. It like wait. It's a, it, is it a photo or a video of you? No, tackling. It's, it's a video of me tackling him. I'm sending that over to you. You can put that on. Yeah, but the, and and then but so, just to dig deep here, but no, no hold on. Yeah, hold on. Yes, it's, it's so bad. It's, it's so. I'll bad. post this in the show notes. It says Marcus Hellner is pushed. Oh yeah, no, watch this. It looks so bad, and but I'm losing. Oh, yeah, I took him out. Wait, I like, hold I like on. a second body check him. There's no other way to describe it. I didn't. I, I lost my balance. I did lose my balance. You do. You okay? Hold on. Let and me go back. It was icy there. You're coming up. Oh. Yeah, dude. That happened. I gotta say though, I'm gonna be honest. Whoa. Hold on. All right. I'm gonna. <laughs> Sorry. Like. What am I you doing? You almost look like you lost your balance and and went into him. Yeah. No. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. I lost my balance on some ice and I went into him, but the Swedish coaches just went ballistic so Ingelson, who is like charlotte, oh, okay the, yeah, Char- sorry charlotte charlotte Kala's coach um his name's Ingelson. he used to race to his last name and he was just like spitting all in my face i'm so glad it wasn't the coronavirus at that point i mean i would have for sure had the corona- oh. i would have been on a ventilator 100 like he was like up in my face like screaming at me calling me an idiot all this kind of stuff which is fair i mean like i it was a, but you know, I qualified better than Helmer before that race. Also, too, I was like, I was in the top five in the tour. I had everything to lose. And oh, this is at the tour. This is at the tour de ski. Yeah. 
So, so I mean, by the way, this has gotten this has gotten twenty seven thousand plus views. Oh yeah, people are pissed at me at the time. Like, it was a big deal. I was in like often blah blah and like all over the place. It was not good. So yeah, so I've done some stupid moves. So I've done some stupid moves as well. But I I I said sorry right away. I went over. I'm like, I am so sorry. That, like. But I mean, it ruined my tour. I mean, I needed to I needed to go into the semis and the finals back in those days. Like I was a good sprinter and and in the tour to ski. Like I had to make use of those sprints. I mean, that's where I got a lot of my time. Um, and and I mean, I got I got I get relegated. I was I, I ended up last in my heat, and that that really affected that tour to ski for me. So the the loss was with me. All right, I do I apologize. I'm I'm sad. But it sounds like you've mostly worked through this. But just to read one of the comments, 11 years ago, this guy named Matt Strickland. This has got to love the internet, how it archives this stuff. It says this, quoted right here, it looks like Helner stepped on his ski. He, all caps, was being too aggressive, though. Yeah. I'm sure that was you. But it looks like yeah. Helner t- stepped on your ski. Okay, so there's an apologist out there. I appreciate that. He probably did step on my ski. Thanks, Helner. <laughs> Just I was way the too aggressive. Is you... But I was way too aggressive. <laughs> I was way too aggressive, and I did. I I remember it was icy around there, and I and I fell. I fell right into Helner. I I took him out. Took us both out, and it was stupid because we were both having. You did. We were both have that was a good opportunity for both of us, and and it it was a really good opportunity for <laughs> me personally. So yeah, man. Okay, I'm sorry. The last, if you go to. <laughs> If you scroll back, go back to five seconds on the video, okay? <laughs> I haven't seen that in for like so long. <laughs> so this is the problem. Like I'm just getting too little sleep. If you go back to five seconds, just go to five, it's a 10 second clip. You, you, you biff it right before you're getting up. Yeah. And then I fall oh, again. And then dude. boom. Then I fall again, yeah. Damn. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. No worries, man. So that I'm just that just goes to show people make mistakes out there. But Yakubushkin, uh, sorry, but Chervatkin just lost his head completely, and he deserved to be disqualified, not relegated. He deserves to be thrown out of the tour for how he behaved. Okay. But, and yeah. But going okay. back, getting back to the race today, the 15k classic. I mean, the, the Russians were great. Yakubushkin on the podium. It's a great performance by him. Manifika back and forth. Hey, hold on. Do you do so you have? We're getting like a lot of rubbing with your mic. Really? Do you have a okay. beard? No, I do not have a beard. Okay. How about now? Is it better? Probably. Okay. So I think you're, yeah. Okay. So, sorry, Yakimushkin. Yeah, we have a ton of, we, we still have, I, and I, I, I wrote the story and I think I have this right. I can go change it. Five of maybe I think the top 10 are Russian. Yeah. Okay, five of that. the top ten. Five of the top ten are Russian, and, and I mean, it would have been six. And, and it would have been six. And and I think Manifica had a great race for Classic for him to be fourth. This is the race of the season for him, and hopefully it's a turning point for his for his season. Oscar Svensson, you know, I like to rag on the Swedes, but this was a great race. Yeah, he's for doing great very, for for a very talented athlete. I I called him out yesterday for making the semis and skiing well. And now sixth again today. This is a fantastic race. And he's I also, third overall. And he's third. And he's third in the overall. Poroma, who is the contemporary of Gus Schumacher, born in 2000. Both those guys. He finishes 22nd. So he's had a really great season as well for the Swedes. We talked about him. He was the he was the lone highlight in Ruka for the Swedish team. So that was that was cool to see. And then and then of course. Other than that, I mean, the French had a really great day in classic, and that's that's a bit strange. So it was good to see. It was good to see them do. They're usually good at altitude. They're not usually good in classic. But Clément Pérez, 
uh, he was a friend of mine on the on the tour, and then Jean Marc Gaillard and I were the old men of skiing. But Jean Marc still going going strong at the age of forty, soon forty one. And he came in eleventh, so, amazing. And he came and he came in eleventh, so the guy just won't quit. Which was a which was a great day for him as well. And then you see the other guys too, like Lapalus and Bachschreider and stuff. The the French had a very very strong day. I, I think it has to be one of their better classic days ever. Um, so they're putting five guys in the top 16. So that, that doesn't happen that often in classic or if ever. So I thought it was a really strong day for the, for the French and it's going to be, it's going to be fun to see them moving forward. Okay. And I, again, I'm at fault and you know, maybe the hate mail comes my way. I disrupted you once again, but I have to say in this case, maybe it was worth it. Cause we got, we got a little sweet video out of it, but Dario Colonia. Yeah, man. I mean, like he, Second yeah, place. second. And to do that at home, what a feeling that must be for him. I mean, Valmustere is a tiny place, man. Like nobody lives in Valmustere. I don't know, like maybe like 200 people, 300 people. And, and Dario Colonia and his family is, is from there. And and he was in that group, right? Like he was in that group that was going to be fighting for the podium regardless. He got lucky when, when uh, Trevotkin made the world's stupidest decision. But that said, he finished his second. I'm so impressed. I mean, like we like we touched on yesterday. I mean, I don't know where he finds his motivation after winning everything he's won. Uh, I mean, of course, there's motivation when you're racing at home uh, in your hometown. In your hometown's a 300-person Swiss village. But, but that said, I thought it was really cool to see, give the Swiss fans a lot to cheer about. And Dario is... Yeah, I mean, Dario Colonia and Petter Nortug are the two biggest names in cross-country skiing in the last 20 years, 25 years maybe. So, so it's um, not, not 25 years. Then we're into then we're into Bjorn Dali territory. Yeah, you're no, then, no Bjorn right. Dali territory. But let's say like the last 15 years anyway. <laughs> so, but so it's cool to see him back on the podium. Really cool to see it, and the fact that it happened in a in a uh, 10k uh, sorry 15k classic i was a bit surprised because he's been struggling in classic lately like i touched upon he's been dealing with a lot of injuries though since sochi really um so the fact that he was able to do it in classic surprised me because i would have thought that this would have came in a skate race but again he's got a great chance tomorrow in the pursuit so it'll be fun to see it'll be fun to see tomorrow's race um see what happens i mean bolshenov's just going to ski away the women's race is going to be so exciting I, I, it's going to be aw- it's going to be awesome and Jesse Diggins fans out there are going to be pretty thrilled. Same with Rosie Brennan. It's going to be a pretty fun day out on the slopes of Almushter. So I can't wait to see. And then for the men, of course, it's, it is going to be a Russian show. If you, if you, like we talked about, they're the, they're the fittest, they're the fittest athletes going, uh, at this tour to ski. No question. They ski well. Spitzoff, you know, we didn't talk about Spitzoff, but Spitzoff was fifth and he's more known for his, for skate skiing, his skate prowess. He's had some good classic races, of course. I mean, I raced with Spitzoff as well on the World Cup, but, um, he'll be, he'll be one to watch for tomorrow as well. So it's, there's going to be, the tour goes on and today was an exciting day, like you said. So I can't wait to tune in for tomorrow. Okay. I think that's a wrap. That's a wrap. So then you're just going to watch that video of me body checking Helner on repeat. I'm sure just keep deep digging through the comments. No, no, I'm not, I'm actually not. I, I, we all have, I mean, yes, we all have moments, right? And, and, and like, let's face it, it's the world cup. It's pretty obviously. Yeah. Proud, no, but space is right? limited. Space is limited. And you know what? Like, I'm not proud of that. It's probably like one of the least, the things I'm least proud of in my, in my career. Oh my God. You're in front yeah. too. Now that I'm really, you're right. You guys were yeah. one too. Oh, exactly. So look at my bib number too, man. Like I was, I was doing really well. It was, it was this. You know what? Look at your bib number. I. It's hard to see because the it it's old school. I can't. Is it yeah, four? It was. So. 
So really? like, I, I mean, I had everything to lose in that and I was sitting really, really well. I gotta, you know what, before I let you go, we should probably just kind of really dig back into it and um, see if we can, and see if I can find it. Um, or, yeah, I, uh, I'd like to see, I'd like to see what I qualified. I qualified fifth. So, you know, I, I qualified fifth in the- Oh, you're looking at the FIS, you're looking at the FIS stats. Yeah. Yeah, but just so you know, like I, I qualified fifth, not point nine seconds off TA Toronto Hetland, and I get relegated. and I ended up twenty seventh because I was an idiot. Um, but that said, if you want to see, I, even after being relegated, I like it really cost me dearly. I, I fell, I fell all the way down to sixteenth in the overall after that stupid move. So I really needed these bonus seconds. I really did. The sprint was when was where I was going to make some serious damage, and instead I ended up back in sixteenth because you know qualifying fifth, point nine seconds from winning the qualification. I mean, those are the days I had to capitalize on back then. Those in classic races, those in distance classic races were the races back in two thousand six, seven, eight that I needed to capitalize on. And instead, I took out Helner and get myself relegated. Get myself relegated. Actually, you know what? I don't even think I got relegated. I think it just finished sixth. But um, I guess I can find that out too. Wait, yeah, how did you end? I'm sorry, well. but maybe I missed that. How did you end up that tour? Oh, I had to I ended up getting sick and I dropped out, which sucks. <laughs> gotcha. So okay, but I wasn't even I wasn't even relegated. It was just I just ended up sixth in the heat. So they didn't even. So there you go. Take that. I wasn't even not. It's not even on the stat line that I got uh, reprimanded for for doing that. Somebody, Sebastian Carlson, again nine years ago. So it's interesting. People are looking at this. You know, eleven years ago, nine years ago. Can, Canadians can't ski, but there's an asterisk by it. Yeah. So does that mean like some yeah. can? Yeah, maybe. Well, not back. Well, Chandra Crawford could ski back and then she was the Olympic oh, champion. Oh, I feel like the Canadians, my gosh, you guys are like a storied. There's a lot of proud moments. Yeah, but not in, I feel like. No, but not back in 2007. There was not back in 2007. Not on the men's side. There was no proud moments back in 2007. Sure. I mean, I my first podium was in 2006 in Borlänge in Sweden, actually. Um, so, I mean, there you go. I was 23, but so I was, Oh, you were 23 years old. I mean, like this is yeah. what 23 year olds do. Nah, it was a stupid move. It was aggressive, but you know, you got a fortune favors the bold. And in that instance, it didn't. So you yeah. completely, I, so I'm looking, I'm like really going screen by screen. You fall. Like yeah, this I is totally not fall. intentional. No, no, no. I slipped and I fell straight up. And that's what I told, but I really, the first thing I did was I went over to the Swedish wax truck, man. I did. I went over to the Swedish waxing truck and I said, like, I got to say, I'm so sorry for what happened because I know Helner also needed to capitalize on those skate sprints. I mean, there's, it's not a surprise. Helner's the 2011 world champion in skate sprints in, um, in Oslo. So, I mean, the guy's good in skate sprints. So he also had to capitalize. He couldn't classic himself out of a paper bag back in those days. So the classic races were definitely something that he had to try to make up time on the sprint. So it really cost Helner and I dearly. And I think, um, so it was, uh, it was a really stupid move and yeah, but anyways, and I got beat by TA in the qualification. That's annoying too. God, anytime you get beat by Toron Hetland, even though he's the legend of sprinting, you know, he's back in those days, he was getting a little long in the teeth. So, um, you, you know, it was always fun to beat TA back in when he was getting a little older and you were just a young 23, 24 year old, uh, 
I got a really funny story about TA, but we'll save that for another day. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm hoping that by tomorrow there's 28,000 views. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, uh, well, it'd be funny to see the the comments roll in. People can weigh in on them. The, regard, the long and short of it is I took them out by falling and that was a bummer. All right. So have a good night. Thank you. Thanks, Jason. You too. Thanks for listening. And here is to a much better new year. 